This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 26, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Mayo, it's been a long time. Yeah, what's been going on? Where where are you? Are you like in another country? What are you doing? Sorry, I got up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a long while. <laughs> How have you been, man? I've been good. I've had I've man, my Christmas Christmas vacation has been quite harrowing, actually. Yeah, why don't you uh, let our listeners know what you were up to? Oh, good gracious, man. On Christmas Eve. I'm sorry? On Christmas Eve and your birthday, what were you up to? Oh, this is a fantastic story. One of my favorites. Okay, so I wake up Christmas... Okay, all right, all right, all right. December 23rd, okay? I'm here at work. We have a half day. I wake up, and all of a sudden, when I get to work, my friend is like, dude, do you have something in your mouth, or did your wife just sock you? And I was like, no, it's swelled up. And he was like, what happened? So my mouth was really swollen. And it was because I had wisdom teeth out about six months ago. And it's the infection has been lying dormant. Oh. Much <laughs> like this virus that the X-Men are dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> so make a long story short, uh, it got worse and worse and worse. And then I woke up on my birthday, tried to open presents. I was too weak to even unwrap the presents because Jackie had like taped it shut and I <laughs> and uh, so then she took me to the ready med which is like the poor man's ER and uh, as I was sitting there barreled over in pain um, I had to wait two hours because everybody else was there too because it was the only place that was open but everybody was such a grouch dude everybody oh. was like why curse you for making me wait? I was just sitting there going, thank you, bless you for being open and seeing. <laughs> and so I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, my mouth popped. And I was like, oh, that's weird. What is that? And all of a sudden, my mouth filled up with all this pus and blood and, like, disgusting brown-green <laughs> infection. So I, like, ran outside and started puking it all out. And I was pressing on my cheeks, and it was squirting out, and I was just trying to get it all out. Gross. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. And so then I go back inside. They finally call my name. I'm like, thank you. Bless you for seeing me. And she's like, holy holy crap, what happened to you? And I was like, my wisdom teeth. My wisdom teeth. And she was like, okay, well, we're going to. She's like, are you about to faint? Are you? No. Oh, no, I'm good. So. <laughs> She gave me a shot in the rumpy, which which still hurts. Ow. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it's it was like a steroid shot, and it, and it, it killed me. Anyway, she's like, okay, I'm going to have to give you a shot. And so, the, I, you know, she leaves, and I take off my shirt, and she comes back. She's like, um, no, it goes in um your bum. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they put me on a bunch of antibiotics. So then... On the 27th, uh, I finally called the dentist, and I was like, dude, you have to help me. And so I went inside, and 
they pulled on my teeth for an hour, bro. And like I have never I've never had a shot in my mouth, like an you know, a syringe injecting me with Novocaine. So by the time I was done, I had had 15 shots because the guy kept numbing me. He's like, I'm going to have to numb you a little bit more. I had two x-rays. I had um, the sucker thing in my mouth. I had the like one of those pulley things where they pull the gums away from your teeth. And then I had a cutting device and a pair of pliers all in my mouth at one time. So three people's hands. In, no, four hands, two people in my mouth all at one time and they were yanking and they were pulling and what had happened was the guy the guy kept saying how long have you been dealing with this i was like i don't know whenever you took out my wisdom teeth because it was the same dude and he was like what did you think like like you were just gonna man up and it was gonna get better i was like i don't know i thought so i, I don't know so it hurt this whole time yeah i mean not as bad as it did then but yeah it kind of hurt and so did, has had um your lovely wife been telling you maybe you should get it checked out? Yeah, don't side with her. I'm just asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard her on the phone when I was in pain in bed and she was yelling to her mom saying, "I told him to get this checked out." Yeah, he had 6 months and he had to wait till Christmas to do it. <laughs> things, things didn't work out for for uh Mr. Andy here. For our hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I went i went home i mean after they finally pulled everything out um the lady was like and what they were pulling out was not it wasn't teeth it was bone like the bone Ooh. the jawbone had started growing out of my mouth and so they had to cut it all out and everything it was it was rough i got new stitches and everything it's great so okay. anyway well, how are you now now I'm pretty good. It's still healing, still a little bit of swelling, but I mean that was the 27th, and here we are on the 10th. So two weeks later. Mm. And your butt still hurts. <laughs> I know, dude, and it's like a bruise. It's like as soon as you you sit down, you're like, ah, oh, what was that? <laughs> and then you realize you're not sitting on a pine cone. You you actually got a, you know, an injection, an inoculation. So now has Jackie been telling you you need to get that taken care of, or in six months, or on the Fourth of July, are you going to have to go to the ER for your butt? <laughs> <laughs> no, she has said you have to go in and get the checked out to make sure that your gums are still good and that your teeth are still good. And I'm like, I will, I will. Mm. I don't know if I will. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, all right. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Whew. Ah, terrible. <laughs> Did you get anything cool for Christmas? Um, yeah, I got a furnace bill. A furnace bill. Yeah. Did I tell you our furnace went out? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, on the the um the seventeenth. Was it the seventeenth? Let me look on my calendar real quickly. On the 20th, I'm sorry, the 20th of December, our furnace just went boom. And, like, all the wires shorted out and everything. And uh, so we were without heat for Christmas. And <laughs> we still don't have heat 21 days later. That's terrible. That's that's flat out awful. Yeah. So we bought this this awesome first American home buyer's protection plan. Yes. We purchased our home and they take care of everything inside your house and you know when stuff happens, just call right, like, them. 
like a home warranty, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay. And let me again say their name. First American Home Buyers Protection. Right. They're awful. They're <laughs> awful, and they are not going to sponsor our webcast. <laughs> Because we're we're not in Louisiana, where if it gets forty five degrees, we get afraid that our pipes are gonna freeze. <laughs> we're in Ohio with like a foot of snow and ten degrees. Dude, what? So, what are you doing? Are you do you have a do you have a fireplace? Oh well, they were very nice and they approved a fifty dollars fifty dollars for us to purchase a space heater. Nice. Uh, space heaters cost about one hundred and twenty. <laughs> so we were really thankful to them for doing that. And, um, are they not going to fix your heater? I mean, your furnace? They're just taking their time. We're we're in emergency uh, status though, so they're working quickly. That's insane. Yeah. Do, do you need look body politic? I'm gonna lay it on you guys. <laughs> do you need me to send you some money? No, no. What we need to do is we need to pick at their offices in California. Oh, okay. Well, all, all the all you all you. Uh, you know, all our English friends over there in California. Yeah. I don't think we no. have many listeners in California. Yeah, we need to get some. Oh. No, it's it's gonna be okay. We're we're good. We got we bought an extra space heater and um we just you know, I'm in retail I do a lot of stuff with retail and I always expect excellent customer service and I always give excellent customer service and this is just awful customer service so oh dude dude it was so funny the lady calls me one of their their offices is in uh arizona and i'm calling her i'm like well you know this is the 17th day without heat and we're going away for the weekend and i'm gonna have to hire somebody to house it so our pipes don't freeze because you know you can't go away for the weekend and leave a space heater on right and so um wait 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 i thought your pipes don't freeze well when it's this cold if you don't have any heat in your house Oh, that, yep. okay, that, that makes sense. All right. My bad, yeah. my bad, go on. No, it's okay, it's okay. So <laughs> so I'm on the phone with her, and she's like, oh, and Mr. Mayo, I really understand. I'm in Arizona, and it's been very chilly here. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to come through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very chilly. <laughs> but I just politely said, may I speak with your supervisor, please? <laughs> Did it get? I mean, where is it now? Are they? Are what's the holdup? Well, they ordered some. They had one technician come out, and he diagnosed the wrong problem. Oh. And so then another one came out, and they fixed the wires. And then they're like, "Hmm, your compressor's bad. Well, we can't fix that." Well, okay. So then <laughs> another guy comes out from a different company, and he's like, "I came to look at your condenser." I'm like, well. Condenser's not the problem, it's the compressor. Oh, well then I can't do anything today. Oh my gosh. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so now they're, uh, so then they ordered the pieces and, well, they told me they ordered the pieces and I called them and they're like, oh yeah, we need to order the pieces. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so supposedly it's going to be in tomorrow. Okay, well, I hope so. I didn't know this. I had no idea. Nah, it's okay. You know, a lot, a lot has gone on. I think, I don't, did you know I became another uncle? No, did Mark have a kid? No, Abby, my, my littlest sister. In California? In, that's Jackie's sister, in uh, Pensacola, oh. Florida. It's well, been, that's awesome. It's, Congratulations. It's, thank you. It's been a mite chilly there, too, I hear. I want to hear it. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So, a boy or girl? 
girl, Zoe May. And, uh, man, she is so cute. Dude, all my kids came out bald. Like, no hair. <laughs> this kid came out fully, like, she's got a beard, you know? Like, <laughs> she's got that much hair. It's amazing. So did you get to go see her? Um, They came over. So, yeah. We figure, you know, you're pregnant, you just had a baby, why don't you travel for a while? Exactly. <laughs> From Florida to Louisiana. <laughs> Actually, we were going to go over, but, like, our kids all got sick, and they had, like contagious conjunctivitis but it wasn't pink eye i don't know i don't know these doctors make up stuff <laughs> so pink eye that's not contagious something what? like yeah right yeah right <laughs> like i've heard it all anyway i got some cool christmas presents uh miss jacqueline got me what we call the action bible have you heard of this no dude this is amazing it's fantastic okay the action Bible, when, when I was growing up, 1985, my parents gave me the picture Bible, which is gi- basically a giant comic book Bible. This is like a giant comic book Bible, but with modern art. So, like, you can actually flip through them, and they'll have the same stories, but you can be like, oh, this is definitely Golden Age, and this is Modern Age. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And, you know, we do devotions with the kiddos every night. Um and so that's what we use. We go we go through that, you know, because it's divided into sections like Jesus in the wilderness and John the Baptist and Jesus getting baptized. And, you know, so we did all the Old Testament and the other one. And now we're doing the New Testament. That's amazing. I've never heard of something like that. Oh, it's great. And the guy who did the art, it's, it's Sergio Corellia or something like that. Anyway, he's done. He's worked for Marvel and DC. So, I mean, the art is good. Is he the guy that. Penciled uh, Marvel versus DC? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Huh. That's really sweet, man. And so did you already know about this, or Jackie found it for you? No, I did not know about it. Um, She found it, so. Dude, that's sweet. And and you said you can the kids can see it and stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean... Don't just don't don't judge me, but <laughs> they I don't let them play with it. Well, sure, uh, but um, you know we we read it every night, so. The Bible is not a toy. <laughs> my comic book Bible is not a toy. Especially my comic book Bible, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's great. I mean, it's called the Action Bible. Take a look. Take a gander. So, did you get anything cool? Yeah, I got a board game called um briefs or box boxers or briefs boxers or briefs tell me about this thing well my good friend andy kirby sent it to me (laughs) he knows how much i like to sit around my underwear so (laughs) he found the game perfect for me (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it's like apples to apples yeah, uh, yeah, that was awesome, man. Thanks so much. I, I like. I think it's cool. I play with my family. We had we got a copy of it, so you know, right on. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. Did you get to play it? No, but it looks really cool. <laughs> I called you out. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really cool. <laughs> wow. I failed you. <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> this is Marvel 616 Politics. Again, episode, and you know, we were told. Best Buy gift card winner. Please claim now. What is that? What are you listening Sorry. to? Dude, I'm doing the, <laughs> I'm doing the intro. What are you doing? 
a pop-up came on my computer. <laughs> I was like, shh, shh. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. You can see our webpage, marvel616politics.com. Uh, visit our Facebook at... <laughs> facebook.com slash marvel616politics we got a lot of people going and a lot of people commenting some varying opinions so that's a lot of fun uh dude i'm totally thrown off now uh, i know you just gave away the facebook page that's I, my spiel i know my bad my bad okay that's all right a- you do the rest go for it um you can call us with questions at 616-755-TINA you can hit us up on twitter at um 616 politics i think that's everything yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's everything <laughs> dude i got we, we've had some interesting people respond on twitter today uh dwayne Swazinski and then fred Lente today um so hey people people have contacted me personally said why isn't jared on the facebook page what's up what's going on well i've been out of town for the past few days and i was trying to go through actually today right before the podcast go through everything and i'm like i had no idea how many people had been posting and what was going on because i'm really far behind <laughs> <laughs> oh man people well, i mean I... look where we were two months ago two months ago it was like you know once or twice a day maybe and now it's like people are posting hourly it's, yeah. it's a great problem to have you know to That's... not be able to keep up and we hey guys guys in the body politic guys and gals even Feel free to post anything you want. Put it up there. If it's, I mean, keep it keep it age appropriate. We're trying to get this so kids can enjoy this as well. Um, but anyway, post anything, any question you have, and then anybody feel free to respond. We don't have to post. We don't have to be the ones to initiate. So we had a lot of that going on, and uh, this is great to see. You know, like I think Adrian posted on our web, our webpage on on Facebook, and he's been around, you know, fairly since the beginning. I'm sure. And uh, before I even had a chance to to look at it, there were 17 responses, and I was like, "Man, this is awesome!" So, um, finishing up business. This episode is brought to you by DCBService.com, DiscountComicBookService.com. I use them. I've ordered at, last month. I went online to DCBService.com. And I uh, started looking through. I started ordering for the my neighbor across the street because he gets some DC stuff. So I started looking through the DC stuff, right? I got to say, dude, they get like each DC book is $1.79. And I got to pay $2.37 for Marvel books because all the Marvel books are $3.99. But you get 40% off. So you don't even have to pay $3.99. You pay $2.37 for your books. You pay $6 flat shipping. And uh, you can get as many books as you want. And last month, what I did, instead of getting my $60 worth of individual floppies, I ordered $60 worth of hardcovers. So I am getting the hardcovers of um, Ex Machina and uh, Why the Last Man. And I think there's a Sandman in there. Sandman Volume 4. Ooh, I'm so excited. Wow. Yeah, dude, I'm starting. I got to branch out. I went to the comic book store, the local comic book store here, and um, I was looking around. I was trying to see stuff I didn't have already or stuff that wasn't on order. And I really ordered almost everything that they had, except I caught my eye. I was like, holy cow, the Walking Dead Compendium, issues 1 through 48. 
so I bought it. <laughs> Andy. I know. Andy. I know. I spent a lot. I spent too much money. <laughs> it's just sad to hear this DC stuff. What are you talking? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm ordering DC stuff for my friend across the street. And can I help it if Vertigo is the one who publishes Why the Last Man and Ex Machina? Um, is it Marvel? Uh, no. Okay. It's still quality stuff. I mean, you can't... I mean, look, have you have you read Watchmen? No. Come on! Come on what? It's great. You gotta read it. You gotta read it. Have you read Earth-X? No, you hate it. That's why. Yes, I did read Earth-X. Did you really? Yeah, I told you that. I, I bought the, the Omnibus. Oh. Does that have all three of them in there? No. Oh, it just has Earth-X? Yeah, like the first 12 issues, and then there were some bookends, I believe. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, you have it? Yeah, I got it right here on the shelf, right next to Magneto Testament about Auschwitz. Yeah, I didn't like it. Earth-X or, or Magneto Testament? Oh, I haven't read Magneto Testament, but uh, yeah, we've talked about me not liking Earth-X before. Well, that's ridiculous, Jared. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, but... This is the Marvel 616 Politics webcast. <laughs> Don't be spewing your DC and Vertigo propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, you got me. All right, well, look, let's move on. Uh, we have some questions from our listeners. I'm all about this. I'm all about this. And uh, we need to discuss, and then we'll, we'll hit some current events, some of the issues, and then we're going to talk some State of the Union uh, on some pretty heavy topics. So, um Hopefully we'll get through it. Alright, Gabe Campos asked, um, can we get a little background on the minds behind Marvel 616 politics? So that would be me and you, I believe. Yeah, that's a pretty big question. I mean, I feel like just this conversation, you know, learning about Andy's anal shots and, and Jared going psycho to in Arizona. Like That's, that kind of gives you some background on the minds of these crazy people running this podcast. Bro, anal shots? Come on. Hey. Can't you say something like glute shot in the glute or something? Okay, your buttock shots? Thank you. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Anal shot. That's disgusting. <laughs> What is this rated? Come on. Okay, good. Okay, can you please say something about why we started the podcast? The webcast? Why did we start this podcast? Andy came to Jared, who is now speaking in third person, and said, I would like to do a podcast. I want to do something with comic books. Do you think you'd be interested in that? I'm like, sure, why not? Let's do it. Now, I mean, listen- were, were we friends at that point? We were we were friends, but we were we were not we were more like acquaintances, I would say, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in college, it was just like, oh, there's Andy. Hey, okay, keep going. You know, <laughs> it's not like we're we. I don't think we probably ever had dinner together. You know, when we were in school, we didn't play any sports. Uh, we wait, both whoa, just whoa, knew... wait, wait. We didn't play any sports together. I played sports together. Together. Yeah, I forgot you were on the chess team there. What? But no. otherwise, <laughs> what a jerk! I played <laughs> girl soccer, indoor and outdoor. You played girl soccer? No, intramural soccer. 
Oh, okay. Go on, whatever. No, what else do you want me to say? So anyway, we thought we would do a podcast, and we said we had to do a niche podcast. And even though yeah. ours is pretty expansive, uh, we decided to do one on the politics, which would be the ins and outs of the storylines, the editors, the writers, the artists, and uh, the big things that happened in the Marvel Universe. And this was during a time that they kept having these giant events. So um, it kind of fit together. It was like, why would they do this? What are they thinking? How does this book fit in? That type of stuff. Yeah, you say, you always say everything much better than I do. Good job. <clears throat> well, I gotta clean up your your verbal messes. <laughs> you know, shots. Come on. <laughs> all right, all right. David Hansen. Uh, he wrote uh, several times, but um, he said, "What about a bi-weekly rotation? Maybe we uh, we do every two weeks we do X Men, then the next two weeks we do Avengers." Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we would love to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Um, but, but like Andy said with the first question, we try and really keep it niche. Um, you know, every once in a while we'll do, you know, uh, well, about a year ago we had to do the all positive episode, and and we've <laughs> done a couple. We're almost special... due for another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've done a couple of special episodes, but typically we want to keep it. We don't want to be like the other podcasts out there. They're all great and everything, and they do their their part, but our part is really kind of. The ins and outs, like Andy said, the the political side, um, what makes things tick in the Marvel universe. Yeah. And by week, we would love to do biweekly too. But honestly, even to try and put one out like we do now, about every three weeks, Andy and I are just pretty busy guys. <laughs> that makes it sound like we're just lazy. We're busy, but we we can't do it. No, um... <laughs> no, no. I mean, almost, we almost didn't even get to record tonight. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because I was talking to you on the phone, and then the president of my company calls me, and I'm like, oh, great, I got to hang up because the president of the company wants to talk to me. Dude, and then we had, like, a full-blown meeting with, like, the executive vice president, the president, and then, like, the customer, like, the VP of customer support. And so so it was kind of, it's kind of important. So. Do you still have a job? I do, thank goodness. I, I had to break some news to the president to say that things were not going how he thought they were going. Still good, oh. but not how they thought they were, and I, I do still have a job. So Good. <laughs> so um, anyway, bi-weekly X-Men, Avengers, that's good. Uh, unfortunately, um, there's not enough action that goes from time to time with the Avengers and the X-Men. Even with all their books that come out, even like take this past month, there wasn't that much going on. Um, we had some interesting issues. New New Avengers number seven was interesting to me, but as far as like giant things, uh, everything this month was actually in the news. It was all commentary, so that's what we're gonna cover. Um, and then also, when will we cover Spider Man? I mean, come on, how can hmm. we cover Spider Man? I guess well, he's, he's in the Avengers. I guess he's well, he's on two of the teams. All right, next question. All right, Jason Edwards, our good friend. <laughs> Jason is great because he always pushes the envelope. He's like, well, I would tell you what I think, but you have to raise the ban on cursing. So <laughs> I love Jason. He's good. All right, what got you into comics, and what comics did you collect first? I think we touched on this before, but go ahead. Uh, the X-Men animated series back in 1992 is what got me into comics. Um, watching that, and then the, so obviously the first ones I bought were X Men, 
And uh, it was right around Executioner's song when all that and uh, Fatal Attractions. There was about a year in between those, uh, maybe a little bit more. So it was really good, good marketing on Marvel's part, because if you buy X-Men and you want to find out what's going on in the other title, you know, what's really happening in the story, you have to buy X-Force and X-Factor and Cable and Wolverine. So I immediately just jumped in with everything. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Where did and, you get your money to buy them? Um, allowance, I guess. You guess? You didn't know? I guess. Hey, I'm, I'm an old man. I don't remember what happened when I was 12. Yeah, you sound like an old man. You sound like <laughs> about 12. All right. All right. What, what, got, what got me into comics was actually the Spider-Man cartoon. I mm. watched the Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, I thought it was amazing um, growing up. And then I loved it so much. I just like kept watching the reruns. And then finally, when I, this is sad, but as a senior in high school, when I finally got a job, I was waiting tables at like a fine dining Italian restaurant where you have to wear a tuxedo and everything. And then oh. I would take all my tips and ra- walk across the, the four lane interstate, the four lane highway <laughs> to the comic book store and blow all my money on <laughs> all Spider-Man comics. And like, coming back senior year, I was like, have you read these things? These are amazing. And all my friends were like, uh, yeah, we, we got out of that at like when we were, <laughs> when we were in fifth grade. I was like, this, this is fantastic. So I read, uh, I started collecting. Um, my first collection was Amazing Spider-Man uh, Volume 2, Number 30, Peter Parker Volume 2, Number 30, and um, Tangled Web Number 1 were the three books I picked up and then it started I started to backfill and uh, everything like that but man I was hooked I was hooked and then everything expanded I started picking up all number ones and then I started reading a whole lot more and then I just kept buying back lots and during college I filled I went back to the uh, the McFarlane run on Spider-Man Peter Parker Spider-Man Volume 1 or just Spider-Man Volume 1 and I bought every single issue and I scrounged and tracked them all down. It was it, it, it was insane. Intense. So I, I just uh, about a, two, three months ago I sat down and watched the complete animated series of Spider-Man. Are you serious? You what? I said, are you serious? That's great. Yeah, I, but I was kind of disappointed. You know, I was, it just doesn't hold up like I thought it would. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Dude, well, like, trust have you me. ever, like, like what? I said, trust me. I watched some last Saturday. I watched some two days ago. It it just doesn't. It's like, oh, I wish. Uh... We watched four <laughs> episodes. We watched The Black Cat, where The Black Cat came. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Craven the Hunter and Calypso. And, oh, it was great. It's it's wonderful. My kids are. Now, like, the first season was awesome. The first season was great. The second season, pretty good. But then some of the other stuff was like, oh, no. Well, the giant neogenics thing, and then the vampire thing, and then... Yeah. I know, that you kind of get bogged down there. But, and, and I, I can't show my kids that. I don't want them thinking about vampires and stuff. But, exactly. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I, I think it's good. I uh, on my We went to hike on the Appalachian Trail, me and my boss, and then the, a friend of mine, Chris... Uh, from Cedarville, we went hiking on the Appalachian Trail. The night we got back to the lodge, after six or seven days on the trail, they had a marathon 
of that, and every, right. they 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 were out, and I was watching episode <laughs> after episode. I was like, I love this series. This is <laughs> well, hey man, next question comes from Ben Stanley, and he says, "What's your favorite, least favorite big event of the last few years?" Am I supposed to answer this one first? Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about this, and okay, my least favorite premise is Civil War. When I found out that Civil War was happening, I was in California in the Air Force, and I talked to Jackie, and I was like, this is what's going to happen, and I don't see how this can just be over that quick. And I didn't like the concept. I liked how they did it. I liked how they executed it. I thought it was it was very well done. Uh, but you know, I just, I didn't like the idea because it was too changing to the Marvel universe. And when you think about it, it really did. It changed the entire face of the Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think my favorite, and it's not really an event, but I would have to say that my favorite is the new Avengers getting together. Hmm. I really, I really like that. I liked, um, I liked Spider-Man being a part of that, even though I never thought to even put him in the Avengers, because I always thought he was a street-level kind of loner character, which he is, but there's no real reason for him to be. Not like, not like Matt Murdock, like Daredevil. Like, there's a reason for him to, to not be in there. How about you? Um, I would say my least favorite uh, was Secret Invasion. Oh, such a good concept. It's just the execution was bad. It's like totally flipped from Civil War. Dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. Exactly. I was so like jacked out of my mind when I saw the previews and stuff of this great invasion and we we're going to find out characters have been scrawls and where were the real characters and I was just I couldn't believe it. I went out and bought like 10 scroll action figures to put with my Marvel Legends. <laughs> I was just pumped out of my gourd i just could not contain myself and then when it was over i was really just like really it all basically took place in about a day or two and the big reveals weren't even that big and like it got wrapped up so quickly you know oh we yeah. defeat all the scrolls they're all gone now uh we killed wasp and there are no more scrolls on the earth they're all gone what <laughs> i was just like oh my gosh it was just a huge letdown for me. Right. <laughs> I, I think my favorite was probably Necrotia, which was not like a huge, huge event, like Marvel event. It was more an X event. But I just think it was really cool to bring Celine back, and she brought all these people back from the dead, and it kind of just changed the flavor of the X-Men universe for, for a little while at least. And And we still feel some ramifications, but... Just to see some of those old classic, you know, C and D list X Men characters rising up, and and of course X Force was involved in all that stuff. Uh, that was probably my favorite. Okay, well then, what what's your favorite slogan that they came up with for some of these events? Which one, uh, like you read it and you were like, oh yes. It was the uh, what it was kind of like that. What was the Secret Invasion one? Who do you trust? Because I liked all those ads. Yeah, but the no, the uh, they had some real life people ads. Like they had a little a little white girl with an ice oh, cream. Oh, except cup. except like, change. Yes, like those ads just looked perfect. They re, they remind me of like what V is doing now on ABC. 
I haven't watched that. I haven't watched it, but just from the commercials, it's just like, we're not here to hurt you. We're all going to become friends and, and like, just accept it. It's okay. And it was, it was really good marketing. I thought. I, I think the best, and this wasn't played up and I didn't even like the story, but Joss Whedon's unstoppable. The slogan Uh was die trying. And it had all of them lined up like uh, Cyclops and, and Kitty Pride and Emma Frost and Logan. Oh, it was great. I think Colossus was there. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for this. This is awesome. And I didn't even know what was going on with that, the X-Men, the astonishing X-Men at that point. And I was like, Psych- or, uh, Colossus left? I don't want What? <laughs> so, That's anyway. Good. I like that. All right. You want to read the next one? Yeah, Anthony Jaron Miller asked, Spidey's new black Iron Spider-looking costume. Oh, I guess maybe he's asking, which one do we like better, the new black one or the Iron Spider-looking no, costume? No, no, I think he's I think he's saying what's up with it. He's like, well, what's what's going on with that? And I can answer that. He he, That costume, with this big-time event that Dan Slott's doing uh, with Spider-Man, he's bringing out new costumes and new power set and new job and new girl and stuff like that. And... Uh, this new costume is supposed to um, be able to uh, bend light waves and sound waves around it. So it's kind of like a cloaking thing, but also to evade sound. And the reason why is because the Hobgoblin, who is Phil Urich, has this like sonic laugh that can uh, paralyze you and you can't do anything. So he's supposed to, he's using his uh, Horizon Labs technology to, to build this costume. Now, I I don't really like this because I guess he would do this if he had... He's he's smart enough to do it and if he had the money to, which I guess he does now, but it's kind of like, okay, how are you going to take this away from him? Like, is he going to have it forever? Is he going to use it all the time? You know, when are we going to see the classic Spidey costume again? Mm-hmm. So, I don't really like it. But if they write it okay, if they if they're responsible with it, I guess that it could work. How about you? Mm, I don't really care. You don't really care. That breaks my heart. <laughs> no, I'm. It just it's it's just like another gimmick costume. I think he'll have yeah. it for a few issues. It'll be gone, just like the Iron Spider-Man costume, or when he had the Silver Armor costume, or when he was Cosmic Spider-Man. That's just not who Spider-Man is. So it's just kind of a way to keep things fresh for a little bit, but ultimately you always have to revert back to the blue and the blue and red. Right. I got you. All right. Well then do you think second question by Anthony, do you think that the symbiote and Peter can ever get back together? I would like them to not, but I think, you know, I mean, Spider-Man is going to go on for many, many, many more years. And I'm sure some writer is going to put the symbiote back with Peter, but probably not in the foreseeable future. See, I, you take this as what the writers are going to do. I kind of, well, I kind of, that's probably a better way to look at it because I'm thinking like, okay, if this was real life, I think that the symbiote has grown too far apart from Peter. I think that at first all it wanted to do was get back, and that's why Eddie Brock was so fixated on uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man to, to get back and at least, you know, exact vengeance. But I think that it's, it's going to be on its third or fourth host now. 
And it's changed so much from drinking adrenaline and eating chocolate and brains and blah, blah, blah. Brains. And, and now it's going to be like a, a secret agent. I, I, I don't. I think it's grown too far apart that it, it just it it doesn't care to get back to Peter anymore. Mmm, brain. Oh, okay. All, All right. right. Last question, David Hansen. What's favorite sandwich? I type these out now. What's your favorite sandwich? Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> You're sorry. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> what's your favorite sandwich? What's your favorite sandwich, Andy? Okay, all right, all right. I'm thinking, okay? <laughs> Goodness. When I was a kid, I liked turkey sandwiches, and now that I'm – and I detested ham, but now that I'm older, I like ham. Ham sandwich. Mm. And I, I don't get to eat tuna fish that much because Miss Jacqueline doesn't like that. Yeah, that's nasty. What are you talking about? It's tuna. It's fish. How can that be nasty? Is it fish or is it tuna? What do you – tuna is a fish? Is it? Yes, it is. I'm just testing you. <laughs> <laughs> I like turkey. I like salami. Salami? Are you what? Salami is the stuff. Okay. A little bit of ranch on it. Mm. Ranch on salami? On mm, just mm. bread or toast? Mmm, sourdough. Okay, all right. Here's what I do. Here's I get a bagel. I put some cream cheese on it. I fry me up some deli ham slices put some cheese on it put an egg yolk like a like a sunny side up egg on it so that the yolk pops and explodes all over the sandwich mm, like your mouth yeah, yeah right now, now i can't eat that thank you <laughs> never be able to eat that again <laughs> all right so anyway never you know what okay mustard or ketchup mustard yeah me too all right, and then last question: What's love got to do got to do with it? Absolutely everything. Okay, well, I take that question as what, what's the deal with Tina? What I mean, let's say we're starting a new era here. It's uh, the year twenty <clears throat> XI. Ooh, Roman numerals. Look at that, twenty XI, and uh, we're talking about our podcast, kind of doing a rehashing, and yeah, we can't forget Tina. No, how can we? Okay, so what's love got to do? Got to do with it, Jared. Well, what, what, what is there to not love about Tina, really? <laughs> right? I mean, right. who? Yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah. If I disagree, yeah. I'll be killed. <laughs> I'll, I'll swing by Louisiana on my way to Arizona. Poor, <laughs> <laughs> it's a mite chilly down here. Yeah. I understand, Mr. Mayo. It's chilly down here, too. <laughs> <laughs> you got heat and you're in Arizona. You're in the freaking desert, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Let's. Uh, th- that's good. Keep the questions coming. We like them. Uh, next time, we probably won't spend too much time on them, but they're fun. So um, the body politic, well done. Keep them coming. All right. Current events. Current events. What's on the docket for tonight, Mr. Mayo? All right. For our current events, we're going to be looking at the past two issues of X-Men Legacy. We're going to be looking at Black Panther, Man Without Fear, 513, and Osborne, number two. Oh, yes. Now, did you pick out some stuff to talk about? I did. Right on. All right. Let's do it. Let's hit the X-Men. Let's do it. 
Yeah, that's pretty much my thing. So X-Men Legacy 242 and 243. Um, the basic premise is... is uh, we're kind of looking through the eyes of, of most of the people involved in X-Men Legacy um, as as Hellion. And the rest of the team are sent to uh, San Francisco to help do some damage, repair, control, all that good stuff from when Bastion had attacked. Um, but while Hellion is there, um, the Omega Sentinel, for some reason, has some kind of virus from, from uh, Cypher, Doug Ramsey. And it kind of makes her go AWOL, AWOL, and she just uh, starts attacking all the X-Men, and he has to put her down. And Cyclops flips out and yells at him, and, and you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at these two issues, um, from, you know, Hellion um, dealing with not having hands anymore, to Dr. Rao creating hands for him, um, lots of play with Hope, and, and a young child on the island, um, just a... There are many different facets to these two issues, uh, but ultimately, uh, do they really advance the story of the X-Men is the real question I have. Okay, and do you think they do? No! <laughs> I don't think no. they have to. Why do you think they have to? What is the point of this series? <laughs> I do not want to spend two... How much were these issues? Let me see. Three ninety-nine. I don't want to spend... Eight dollars to read about a ragtag group of mutants going to fix a construction site. I don't want to do it. You know, make make this. It's just not. It's just not worth it. Jared, I couldn't disagree with you more. I really enjoyed these issues. I was like, finally, we get some. Look, if you keep changing the status quo all the time, then the the stories are about nothing. And you're like, oh, Bastion attacked. Oh, we don't have time to deal with the fallout of that because Dracula's here. And oh, we don't have time to deal with that because we're all infected with a virus. But you're helping to prove my point. They just had Dracula attack. They just have this huge virus. Why are they going to the mainland to put up some steel beams? Because we shouldn't have had those stories this quick. But we did. Because we should have had some more of these. What is it? Uh, what do these things do? Like, how do we deal with these events? How do we deal with the fallout of Bastion? Who is Hope? What is her power? What is the the characterization of Hellion when he has to deal with no hands? I thought these were great. And that's why we do this podcast because we're so opposite, you know. <laughs> Wait, what? I mean, do you not see? I I'm not trying to convince you. I I just want to understand why in the world. Do you read comics? I mean, do you read them so that you can – like, when I read, I need to have a baseline. So, okay, say, okay, this is the norm, and here's an epic event that's changed the norm a little bit. We deal with the fallout to try to get back to that norm, but, you know, we can't. But this is how the characters cope, and this is what they do. I mean – if if it isn't about that, then it can't be an ongoing series. It has to be like one, you know, thing like the Book of Dracula or something, or you know, like Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's just one thing. It talks about. It doesn't talk about getting back to normal. It talks about killing Dracula, Van Helsing. No, I, I mean, I absolutely, I, I understand the, your exact point. It's but, just, but, but 
it's not what I want to see. It's just that's just a, it's just a personal thing. I don't care to see a ragtag group. I mean, what what is the what is the purpose of this title? X-Men Legacy. It's it's you know, it's like Rogue and Magneto and whoever else wants to join this month. What what are they doing? You know, are they going to India or are they going to stay here or is Rogue going to be leading the next group of young mutants or what is this? Like this title just doesn't have a purpose. And this does not help give it a purpose, these two issues. Maybe I just don't understand the purpose. Maybe it has one. Maybe it's about leaving a legacy from the older to the next generation. But but in that, that but that's the thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. No one knows. Because in, in these two issues, really, I mean, you know, we saw some of them playing baseball or whatever. <clears throat> but otherwise, it's Colossus and Psylocke and Magneto. And then you throw in Random and an Omega Sentinel in danger. Yes. So that's not really the, you know, leaving a legacy of what's of the new people. This is all old school. Well, okay, all right. Omega Sentinel Sentinel was was created by Claremont in two thousand, right? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Omega Sentinel was an original, uh, one of Bastion's Sentinels from the original Operation Zero Tolerance. How long ago was that? Maybe ninety six. Are you what? No, first appearance, X Men Unlimited, Volume One, Number Twenty Seven, June Two Thousand. Yes, and where did her? She had not appeared before, but that's where she derives from. Is that she was an original Bastion Sentinel? You had to get technical. No, I'm not being technical. I'm letting you know. All right, so these are these are B-list characters, but even talking about old school, I'm talking about people who are younger. Okay. Right? So, I mean, leaving a legacy... Well, I don't even know if that's what the book's about. I can't argue that point. That's what I'm saying. No one knows. Well, what would you like it to be? What would you... Do you want to cancel this book? What should it be? No, when you have 7,000 X-Men characters, go back to it being about the X-Men, not about rogues. I mean, because right now we have, like, the main title, Uncanny. Uncanny is about the X-Men. This title... We're not really sure what it's about. It's like Rogue and a couple other like loser characters. And then just X-Men proper is like this Dracula series. Right, and then we have Astonishing. Oh, yeah. If that's in continuity, I guess. It, I mean, it is, technically. How can it be? I, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Wow. How could it be in continuity? It doesn't make sense. Well, it's in this... Okay, it may not be in continuity, but it's in this universe, so it does take place within continuity sometime. It doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense right now, but I mean, whatever. All right, all right. Are we, I just liked... I liked to see Hope there. I thought it was weird because she has her own book now, but I like to see Hope. I like that she still doesn't have a power. Um... And so we're still trying to figure out exactly what that is. Um, I liked Hellion's characterization. I don't really know him that well, so I like this exposure to him. Yeah, I like Hellion. He's he's a pretty cool guy. He uh, when he was in the the Hellions, you know, he was kind of like Emma Frost, main man, and uh, those were some really good stories. Not sure really what this whole metal metal hand thing is going to bring from him, but he's definitely upset. Well, I don't think he's going to take him, right? I mean, he's tele telekinetic. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he's not going to have his his hands. He refused. I, I, 
if there's one piece that I that I want to touch upon is Cyclops acting all holier than thou at the end of 243. Did you catch that at all? Oh, yeah, I did, actually. He does... Yeah. Just like, you went too far, and I'm like, uh, you have X-Force. <laughs> what are you talking about? Doesn't Hellion say something about that? He doesn't quite put X-Force out there, but he just kind of... He kind of lets him have it, you know? He doesn't sit back and just let him talk to him whenever he wants to. You're on probation. If you can't control yourself, you'll have to leave Utopia. Or else join our other intractable problems in the brig. What gives you the right? What gives you the right to even say that to me? Yeah, and didn't Cyclops put Rogue on probation too? Yeah, that's true. What a jerk. You just said Rogue was a useless character. No, I'm sorry. I meant Rogue. I, I shouldn't have said and other useless characters. <laughs> I mean, it's just Rogue. Because I, I love Rogue. Rogue is awesome. But the other characters are kind of useless. No, I like Rogue. I, I Me too. I, the art's kind of weird in this, I gotta say. I did like how they kind of, the whole, both issues were just like interview snippets. I thought that was a cool way to tell the story. Yeah, but that's very much like, I, I don't think that's very creative. Because um, Abnett and Lanning have been doing that for forever. Like their whole run of Guardians of the Galaxy was like that. Oh, nobody reads that, so... No one knew. <laughs> Dude, it had been gone on for years. What do you mean nobody reads that? It was like, how long has Annihilation been out? Three years? Yes, Three either years? Annihilate or don't. Figure it out, people. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Alright, anyway, this Lionel U cover. I say, he is still on top of his game. He's fantastic. Eh. It's amazing. How can you not? Well, all right, whatever. Moving on. Are we done with that? I know. We just don't agree, Andy. <laughs> we just don't agree. <laughs> all right. Black Panther, Man Without Fear, number 513. This title was awesome. Now, I wrote about this on comicbook.com, uh, and some of you guys already commented on this, and I, I, won't, I won't dwell on it, but may I just say that this title is amazing. And I like the art. I think it works for this. It's kind of like a noir art, a noir. Um, but the reason why I like this title is because they they didn't change it to Black Panther and they didn't keep it as Daredevil Man Without Fear. They changed it to Black Panther Man Without Fear. And I'll just quickly point out that um, I think the reason why is because Daredevil now has something to fear. He's not the man without fear anymore. He he has he's let go and he he killed Bullseye. So he has something to fear. He has himself to fear. The Black Panther on the other hand, he has something to prove because he's not I mean he's still royal of the royal family, but he's not the Black Panther anymore because somebody somebody else is the real Black Panther, his sister Shuri or whoever. Um <laughs> He's not the king. He gave up the throne. You know, he had. they have no vibranium anymore. Everything's inert. And so now is the perfect time for him to take over and, and prove that he can be responsible for an area and prove that he can stand up and do what's right without having his guards or the stupid super, I don't, whatever those girls are called that protect him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I thought this was aptly named, you know, and instead of like a country coming in and invading or a giant superpower coming in and invading, he's got uh, under like a gang lord to deal with. Any thoughts? Well, Andy, just got to disagree about everything you said. What is that? Dis- <laughs> wait, okay, all right, go. What do you disagree about with what I said? Well, I hated this. Oh, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was. There were a couple pages I just even had to skip. I was so bored reading this. As I said, I was gonna give. I because we talked a couple weeks ago in between podcasts, and you asked me if I read it, and I said no, but I'm gonna give it a shot. You know, you told me to try it out. I'm gonna give it a shot. The art was just awful. Black Panther is just so uninteresting. This this cast that they're putting together, these people in the apartment building and stuff. Not interested. The uh, whatever the dude's name, Vlad. Not interesting. Just I'm just so not interested in this title at all. What would make you interested in Black Panther? Well, I thought Storm would, but he screwed that up. I don't I don't know because I was honestly, you know, after you had talked to me a little bit about it, I was kind of looking forward to it. This is Black Panther out of his element, out of Wakanda, which you know didn't matter in the first place. This wasn't Black Panther, you know, playing sidekick to the Avengers. This was like him, you know, doing his own thing. But it was just visually, it was not appealing. Story-wise, I was not, you know, drawn to it. Uh, I totally me. disagree. I mean, the element is there. I mean, whoever, whoever came up with this concept, I think is it's great. I think that they need to be applauded and they need to be hired on full time, or if they're, you know, if they're not, or promoted because they finally made this character matter and we've talked about this before being geographically gone uh, Mm -hmm. away from the rest of the superheroes means that he's completely obsolete and so like they were like okay we'll put him back in wakanda because we don't know what to do with him and then we only have to talk about him once a month instead of i mean this forces them to deal with this with with this guy a superhero who is an African. He's not even African-American. He's completely African. And like, isn't this what they want to play this up? Uh, But this is the perfect, perfect spot for him. He's an immigrant. They're all immigrants in the buildings. It seems like, I mean, he's, he's, it's, it's the perfect melting pot and he's sticking up for the little guy because he doesn't fear when everyone else does. When personal Mm -hmm. violence comes and visits everyone else, he says, no, we don't have to fear this. I, mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's classic street-level nitty-gritty superhero. And I think that it's better than the previous Daredevil because there's less mystical stuff, and it's better than the previous Black Panther stuff because there's less mystical stuff. It's all street-level, and it's all... Like, this really matters to the individual's lives who he's saving. And and I think that's why our podcasts work because you and I don't usually agree on many things. We give totally different, you know, we we just look at things through different lenses and and we just have very differing opinions. And we've only we're only into the third issue and we haven't agreed yet. <laughs> okay, all right. You want to move got on? One more though. Did you? Have, okay, all right. Osborne number two. All right. I thought I thought this was a great idea. I I just confused how come I've never heard of Deconic who's writing this, who 
I assume is a girl, Kelly Sue, and the art is Emma Rios. So you got, I mean, you have a girl team on here, which is in and of itself is interesting that it's such a dark comic. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that girls can't write dark comics, but it's, it's sort of strange. I think the art's appealing. I think that the story's intriguing. I'm very interested in where it goes. My, It's kind of like a dark corner of the Spider-Man uh, universe. But how come we're not using characters we know? I mean, we are – to this to t- tie into uh, big time, we kind of went back and we had, um, you know – Harry Osborn beat up our our good friend the you know the the cop who got set up who in the very beginning for the Spider-Man serial killings or the Spider-Man murders it was a big cop conspiracy and so he went to jail and he finally got out and he's got the uh, uh, the goblin tattoo and yeah, yeah so that ties this all together but I'm not seeing any character I recognize in this except for Osborn and and Nora and then his cellmates, even. Okay, you read this? Did you read number one? Yep. Okay, his cellmates. I don't know who these people are. How come we can't use people we already know? Yeah, well, they asked that in the letters page. They said, "Do we know, have we seen any of these people before?" And then he said, "No." I was like, "Well, then they don't seem like they are that big of bad guys." Then you know. They don't. I mean, the spider guy is messed up. Don't get me wrong. And, it's and then that fishy person, that fishy lady. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, the story's compelling, but why don't you use characters that we know of? I mean, I guess it's a responsibility to to really understand, okay, this person has been here before, and they're going here. And to pick five of the the worst villains in the world, you would have to you know, take them away from the raft or take them away from you know, their respective super prison or whatever. But like, you know, certainly we can come up with like purple man. Yeah. That'd be good. This doesn't make sense to me. Well, so do you think, all right, this is a mini series. Do you think this is going to have lasting impact? And, uh, you think he's going to stay escape and I mean, get it. He'll, you think he'll escape and then stay escape. He, he may, but I don't think that's necessarily called lasting impact. I mean, I don't understand how you can you can sum up a, a goblin cult in five issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it says, evil incarcerated Osborne, a limited series, five issues, and it's supposed to be this huge thing with big time. And big time is supposed to be an era. It's not supposed to be the first story arc. And just like we had Brand New Day, which ran across a bazillion titles for the longest time. Until, what, New Ways to Die or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, where does this fit in? I, I, He may stay out of jail, but I don't think that counts as lasting impact. Unless they keep tabs on him and he has his own series, kind of like Lex Luthor does in Action Comics right now in the DC world. But I, he needs to have his own comic, and he needs to be working his way back up or doing a master plan, but still in the shadows. That's what I say. What do you think? I haven't really decided. I don't, I don't think this, this has given me enough information to quite decide. Cause I'm kind of like you, you know, maybe he should get out and be in the shadows, but I don't know. He did. He screwed up a lot of stuff and that's a big bad guy that you want to kept keep away, you know? 
So maybe he should I, stay pinned up there for a while. I just don't know why we're we're addressing him so soon after his incarceration. Yeah, yeah it's very early. I mean, I guess technically it's about eight months because we're on Avengers number eight. And, but still, it feels like it, he just got put in prison. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm with you. There we agreed! <laughs> Woo! All right, finally. <laughs> finally. And this art, man, This some of this art is messed up. This spider. This, you like you don't like this art, but you like the Black Panther art. I th- no, the art has to fit the story, and the art for Black Panther fit that story. Now the art for this, I, it does fit the story, but I'm just saying the the spider guy is gross, man. Like he's scary. Look at all the hair on his legs. That's <laughs> downright scary, bro. Yeah. That's I don't like spiders as it is. I can't keep really? looking at this. Oh, I hate spiders. <laughs> When I was a kid, my mom hit a plastic spider, a rubber spider, under my pillow. And I'm talking about, like, 10-inch leg span. And so, like, when I put my hand underneath my pillow, I felt something, and I pulled it out, and I flipped out. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So so messed up as a kid because of her. All right, Mrs. Kirby, if you're listening, you've screwed up your son. She's great. She's great. (laughs) She did one time, though. She's just a practical joker. I was just a little too young, I think. I was, like, in second grade, right? Maybe earlier. (laughs) She – okay, when when, uh, Hurricane Andrew came through, um, Mm -hmm. she called us all together, and she was like, okay, well, during hurricanes, you know, animals try to seek shelter, so you may see some rodents or snakes under, you know – in the house and right then she reached underneath the her bed because we were all sitting next to her bed and pulled out this rubber snake and yelled and threw it she like screamed and threw it and we were all like ah (laughs) (laughs) like good gracious (laughs) why would you do this but now you know now i know because i'm a parent so (laughs) That is classic. All right. Anything else on these current events? Nah. Nah. nah kinda like st- you kind of said at the beginning of the episode, it, not a ton of action going on, you know? Kind of so-so. Um, New Avengers number seven. I know it wasn't on the list, but I just wanted to say that I thought that was good. Did you read that one at all? No. Oh, uh, br- pick it up, okay? Because you would say, what happened? Nothing happened. But it was... <laughs> The whole issue was about um oh hand what's her name hand Victoria Victoria hand? yeah Victoria hand handing out paychecks to all the new Avengers and Spider-Man not getting one and he oh. was like well, why what you know like why why don't they get one and they were like well you're the only one who hasn't publicly revealed his identity and he was like oh right and he, she said well you know we can't really write a check. You can't be on payroll if you haven't revealed your public identity. And Danny Rand is like, here, you can have mine. I can spot you. And Spider-Man's like, no, that's okay. <laughs> it, it was great. It was great. And that was like the whole issue. I, I thought, because it was like, you know what? This is something they would have to deal with in the real world. This is a whole issue on, you know, the pay structure of the Avengers. I, yeah. I thought that I thought it was, I thought it was great, but I know you when you read it, you're gonna be like, "What a waste of an issue! I paid <laughs> I paid so much for this book." 
Oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, read it if you if you haven't. Uh, it's pretty good. It's probably it's up there with one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites uh, in the past three years, probably. I can I can do that. Okay. All right. All right. Well, moving right along. State of the Union. All right. State of the Union. Fantastic. We have several topics we can cover, uh, and we don't have to cover them all. Um, the new announcement, Fear Itself, um, the promotions over at Marvel, uh, and we can talk about the Fantastic Four, predictions on who's going to die, and something interesting, Jason Aaron speaking out against Alan Moore. Um, I, and the whole, when Alan Moore was talking about the whole comic book industry. So what do you want to tackle first? Uh, let's hit up Fear Itself. All right, fear itself. Go for it. What do you got? Well, I'm just kind of, it's you know, it's the next big Marvel event because you know we've had you know two three weeks since the last huge Marvel event, so we're about ready for one. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what so, I quite think so about this. You're <laughs> just not quite sure because the promo, like those individual promo pieces. You know, with, like, Thor just staying there, or Cyclops in Magneto's outfit, and, you know, Spider-Man looking at the economy. You know, those were really interesting, but then, in reading a couple interviews, they said, yeah, those were just to, like, show what their fears are. Those don't necessarily mean they're going to be part of the story. It's like, oh, well, okay then. And so then another promo issue, promo picture came out, and it had, you know, some of the major guys on it, you know, uh, know, Storm and, and, and Cyclops and hulk or whatever but there was but dracula was on it so that leads me to believe dracula is going to have a pretty big role in this but no wolverine and no spider-man so i'm i really honestly i don't know what to think about this and who all is going to be a part of this i know that captain america and iron man are going to play two central roles but wait how do you know that not iron man captain america and thor i'm sorry Okay, and the, do you think that coordinates with the movies coming out? Yeah, because there was an interview, I think, on comicbookresources.com that I read um, where they had tried to do some kind of big event centered on Captain America and Thor, but then it just kind of evolved into this fear itself and kind of encapsulating everybody in the Marvel Universe. Interesting. Well, I, I, I saw the press interview, and I... I uh, you know, they said submit questions, and and uh, I submitted questions to iFanboy and Agent M, who Agent M is an editor over there um, at Marvel. And my question was, does this have to do with the political scene of today? You know, I mean, we have such a culture of fear here in today's world with the you know the TSA and now these birds all dying and everything, and then <laughs> earthquakes and you know everything's going on eclipses and i saw i saw a clip today of uh the star of david being exposed during the eclipse or something like that and just you know everybody's grasping at everything like what does this mean what does this mean is our world coming to an end and um you know politically and terrorism and bird flu and swine flu. I mean, like, there's so much to be scared of. Bed bugs. <laughs> like, it's 
it's insane. The snow, global warming, biodiversity. So like, I, I really thought, well, this is really interesting. This is, you know, very apt, apropos, if you will, because, um, you know, that's the culture we live in today. And they didn't even get a chance to ask my question because uh, Joe Casada led off with it. And he said, you know, in today's culture, we're, we're fear of all these things. And he listed like half of what I said. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. <clears throat> my take coming from the perspective of our heroes are kind of um, hyperboles of uh, a, a specific character trait. So, like, Captain America is, like, the extreme version of patriotism, and Iron Man is the extreme version of um, adaptability, and uh, Thor, you know, is the extreme version of, of strength, uh, you know, and and, and they, <clears throat> they play on all their downsides as well, you know, like, um, patriotism, you kind of get a blindness, um, adaptability, you know, they you you don't necessarily have the ability to like what happens when you fall short type of thing mm-hmm. uh you know and strength as well like what happens when you get proud um so anyway having the characters be like that we can all relate to specific characters um the everyman being spider-man and we all relate to him so it kind of plays on all their fears when they get disappointed or when a dream dies or the legacy you're going to live. Um, so I thought it was very interesting because with their Marvel is not tormenting their characters. I thought they were giving us an opportunity for them to show us how to react to these things in the news and these things in the world. So if you relate to Thor, and you say, I'm very strong, but this is, you know, I, what was Thor's promo? Like uh, family secrets or family disappointment or something like that? Okay. Something like that. Yeah. So, so like, you know, if, if, if that happened to, to you and you're like, well, I'm generally a very strong individual and my fear is letting other people down because so many people count on me, this will give you an example of how to deal with that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so I, i'm looking at it that way i'm very interested that way but i don't know if it's going to be a central villain or not i don't really see because it said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself now the the options i see are mr fear from daredevil um phobos who is the god of fear who is Ares' son who just recently died in secret warriors number 21 or 22 and um or it can be spinning out of uh chaos war with the god of chaos and i i don't know i mean that's a slim chance but i mean what other what are other options uh fear monger but i kind of thought it was going to have something to do with phobos what gave you that impression i mean am i missing something no it's just, it's kind of like, you know, why, why do you think the new Venom is going to be Steve Rogers? Why do you think the new Venom is going to be uh, Frank Castle? I don't know. I just kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I can see. I, <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, what? Sorry, I wish I could 
give it give you a you know a process to my thought pattern but no, well I, I i mean i can see i would hope that it, it would have something to do with that because i don't think mr fear is a big enough villain to take on but you know i'm hesitant to do the god thing because you know they do that a lot and and that's kind of you know it's kind of tough to to pull off and make it make sense because let's let's face it like herc and the greek pantheon and everything else the only person who's ever really done well with it is bendis with Ares, i think so Mm -hmm. now we could maybe we could luck out and do like a galactus sentry thing where or the void or something like that oh no but with (laughs) but with fraction writing it i don't i don't see that happening yeah they're just kind of i think they're just kind of leaving us to our own devices because they're not really saying anything you know they're just giving us these pictures and kind of speaking in riddles other than that nothing i thought it was interesting that they um that they had a press conference for it though yeah and i really liked the little movie clip that they put together that was pretty sweet yeah well okay all right uh fractions right now who's uh who's illustrating it's um eminent isn't it Stuart eminent oh yeah he's uh he's pretty good but i don't think he's that high a quality yeah, that was kind of a surprise to see him on this big book. Yeah. And he used to do, he did most recently, what, the New Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like his stuff. I didn't think I didn't think his art was big enough for the stories. So, again, I don't think this art is going to be that, is going to be big enough. It was very, it was kind of cartoony, you know? It is. Because, like, he did Next Wave. And he did some Ultimate uh, Spider-Man, some Ultimate X-Men. And he's just not... For me, he's not like one of Marvel's go-to artists. Right. So it's sort of a, a, a weird choice. Um, but do you have any... I mean, Fraction writing it, does that provide confidence or no? Oh, I think the jury's out. We'll just have to see. <laughs> I know you're a pretty big fan of Fraction, aren't you? No, actually I'm not. No. Oh. Well then good. <laughs> We're gonna be disappointed. No, I think his <laughs> I think his writing is is uh is not well thought out. And uh I think it's he just draws everything out so long. Like here's eight issues of people hating Tony Stark and his brain deteriorating. <laughs> you know, like here's the uncanny X-Men. They're all over the place, and eventually, multiple men—no, not multiple men. What's the guy's name? The Collective is gonna eventually be a bad guy, like, you know. And I have the sniffles, so obviously everyone's has a contagion. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think he's that good. Well, what do you think about Fantastic Four? With uh, somebody passing on. Okay, have you read? Are, are are you up to date on Fantastic Four? The only thing I'm up to date on is the articles about it. I, I, cause I've, not just like read about Fantastic Four, but I don't read Fantastic Four. I tell you, Hickman's writing like, it's tough. It, and I I I got into this on the on on Facebook with a, with a couple of the guys. 
Um, if you're not reading only Hickman, like it's just so confusing. Like he weaves such a in-depth story and like five things go on at on each issue, like five different stories are going on in each issue. If you don't like sit down and read it all the way through, there's no way to know what's going on. So it, it's, I, I like his shield book, but, um, Secret Warriors and, and Fantastic Four, they're, they're tough to keep up with. But it made the news, right? Wasn't it like the Washington Post or something? Yeah, like it's all over everywhere, really. Like in the, because it's a kind of a big deal, I guess, you know? I, um, somebody, let me, let me look this up real quick. Somebody on Facebook had a really good idea. Uh, yeah, David Hansen, again, came up with, he said, um, I think there will be a name change after the interviews have been referencing the FF as the first family. I can see them keeping the same numbering and calling the book FF. That I, I think that's a good idea. I think that would be cool because um, you don't want to change it because you – I mean, let's be honest. They're, they're kind of in a competition with DC. And if DC – I mean, if DC Superman is hitting um, like number 900 soon – they're not going to change it and be like, okay, we're going to start it over and we're going to make it so that Fantastic Four has to start their numbering over because that's like one of the highest numbered books they got, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's a good idea. They'll probably just change it to First Family, right? Could be. Well, well done, David. <laughs> that's what I say. Well done. Oh, I guess they're in the 500s. That means so cap- maybe it'll be first family for a little bit, and then when it hits 600, they'll change the numbering. Or they'll they'll change it back to Fantastic Four. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think it's going to be? Um, I would like to see Reed die, um, because Johnny wouldn't make that much of an impact. The Thing, he's on the Avengers, so I doubt it. Sue... It would be big for the Fantastic Four fans, but who else would care, you know? And we've we've <laughs> seen that happen in Earth X, like that's happened. I don't know. Who do you think? I'm thinking it's gonna be Reed or Human Torch, but I'm kind of thinking it's gonna be Human Torch. Uh, I don't know. Reed's died before multiple times, well at least once, one big time. Did he? But, How did he die? Huh? I betray my ignorance here. How did he die? Uh, he died, but it was revealed like he was really sent to some alternate universe or an alternate read or something. I think you're thinking of Captain America. No, Marvel just, they're just recycling and changing the character. No, I can look it up, but I know that he died um, and was not in the Fantastic Four for a while. Like uh, the bomb, a bomb went off or something. Is it back in the 90s? You don't have to look it up. And then, like, Invisible... Because that's when Invisible Woman got that real skanky costume. I'm not familiar with Sue Storm's stank, skanky costume. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I I don't... I Like, I don't care enough about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. When it comes down to it, the the Marvel has made the news three times in the past five years. One, Civil War number two, when Spider-Man outed his identity. Two, Captain America number 25 when Captain America dies. Mm-hmm. And three, Fantastic Four number what, 587? It's kind of like, eh, whatever. The other two I really cared about. Sure. This, this one, it's like, you know what, that's a, 
It's a tired audience anyway. A tired bunch of characters. Yeah, they're just not at the forefront right now. You know, they no one really got into their movies, and uh, they're not like the highest-selling comic book. Yeah, but, I mean, they, they keep them around just for legacy's sake. Like, what is... When are we going to have a Fantastic Four-centered event? Ever? Mm. They kind of just hang out. Yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that. They don't do much in the Marvel Universe. They have these two kids. One is super smart, and one is a giant mystery behind what's going to happen because he's supposed to be one of the most powerful mutants or something, or one mm-hmm. of the, like a key mutant. But we never see what happens. When is this going to happen? Really good, man. I never thought about it. You're right. Nothing, no Marvel, huge Marvel events ever really center around the Fantastic Four. And I don't know how you could even make one do it. I guess maybe Galactus, but. I mean, that that would matter. But then, like, everybody would have to fight Galactus and fail. And then Reed would come in and save the day. But what would what would have to happen is, like, the Fantastic Four would have to become Heralds of Galactus <laughs> or something like that. And then you have cosmic adventures for a while. And then, you know, they all break up. And I, you know, I'm trying to think of <laughs> important stories. Yeah. All right. All right. I wanted to know what you think about the promotions at Marvel. Oh, I thought it was exciting. Okay. Was, so lay it on me. What happened, Mayo? Well, Joe Casada is no longer editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. Axel Alonso is now the editor-in-chief. And then Tom Brevort got promoted to, was it something of publishing? Senior Vice President of Publishing. Okay, so I'm not really sure about that title, but editor-in-chief, that's pretty big. I think that this Axel makes like the ninth editor-in-chief of Marvel comic books. That's well, a pretty big thing. Yeah, it is. It is a big deal. But, like, okay, um, Joe Casada for a while, he, I mean, he changed from uh, editor-in-chief to chief creative officer, right? Or did he just add that on? He had just he had just added it on, but now he's no longer editor-in-chief. Okay, so what does an editor-in-chief do? The editor-in-chief is responsible for the whole, the whole gamut of the comic books, the direction of everything and how it goes all right so how is that different than chief creative officer well chief creative officer what he's doing now is he's got his hands in the marvel films marvel animation marvel everything aside from the comics oh okay i i misunderstood that i thought the chief creative officer was the one that said okay this is where every every title is going this is where we want everything, and then the editor in chief like made it happen. No, I think he's. I mean, I think he might. I don't think Joe Casada is ever going to walk into a meeting with Axel and they'd be like, "We're not listening to a thing you say because you're not involved with us anymore." But I mean, Joe Casada is just going to be on the West Coast a lot more with the films and the animation and the other, you know, getting Marvel's name out there into whatever needs to happen. Oh, well, I totally, I totally misunderstood that. Now, do you think Axel Alonso is the best guy for the job? Ah, I think he's a great editor. And, you know, he's put in his time and he's really put a stamp on a lot of stuff in the Marvel Universe. And he he's always been Joe's right-hand man through his whole tenure here. 
So a lot of people have said it's not really, we're probably not even going to feel the change because they work so much hand in hand that uh, it's just like a mini Joe, you know? Well, that was my next question. I mean, what's going to change? Yeah, I don't know that there's going to be a ton. I don't feel like there's going to be a huge amount of change. But the thing is with Joe Casada, things were changing all the time. So it just became like norm. Like things just change all the time. I mean, look where Marvel was. You know, Bob Harris or Harris or however you say his name, he wasn't a bad editor in chief, but there's a huge distinct difference to when the keys changed over to Joe Casada. Right. And that's when I just started reading. So uh, that's all I've known. So I'm really interested in how it's going to pan out, like what the difference is going to be. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to just continue being just revolutionary, like cutting edge on top of the next big thing. The next big thing always happens at Marvel. It just always does. Well, do you think, I mean, do you think that Tom Brevort should have deserved it? I think he was already used, didn't he used to already be the editor-in-chief? Was he really? I'm going to look it up. You do that. Tom Brevort. I guess he was not. Okay. All right. You looked up all nine of them? No, I just looked up Tom Brevort. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Do you want to tackle this Jason Aaron versus uh, Moore, Alan Moore thing, or do you want to go right to the Tinas? I kind of wanted to move on um, just because it doesn't really fit with our 616. But I think you should really plug it, though, that your article, like, I mean, you, I've read some of your articles. Uh, and you do some really good stuff, and I don't see any reason why you shouldn't plug people going and checking out your stuff. Oh, Mr. Mayo, you do know how to flatter. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I wrote a little article on a little editorial commentary on comicbook.com slash crybabies, all one word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or go to comicbook.com, C-O-M-I-C-B-O-O-K-E-D.com. And go check it out. I've been writing for them. Uh, dude, this is this is exciting. I get to interview Christos Gage next. Really? So, yep. As soon as he gets back to me, I emailed him. Uh, the the CEO of Comic Book sent me an email. And he's like, okay, get in touch with Christos and do a piece on him. So, uh, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so that should be fun. Again, I mean, he hasn't gotten back to me yet. But um, should be good. And I... Don't worry. I'm working the angles. If these people tend to like me and say, hey, this, you know, you did a good job, then, uh, oh, we'll get them on the show. Yeah, that's just what I was wondering. Like, are you working against Marvel 616 politics now? Are you with the competition? You bite your tongue. Never. Never. That's why I'm asking. No, 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 no nonsense. No, I'm, dude, this is where my heart is. All right. What do you mean, all right? You know that. <laughs> just making sure i love this podcast i read ungodly amounts of comics for this yeah. podcast you're right you're... you read everything like you read strange tales and stuff too don't you i do i do i'm yeah <laughs> it's bad <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm a little behind on she hulks but i'll catch up <laughs> <laughs> all right on to our Tina Awards. The Tina Awards. 
Dude, I was really struggling for some of these teen awards this week. I know, I know. And it's because, you know, it's just not... I, I was really surprised with December how, you know, nothing really stood out to me. Captain America 613 was good. Um, I encourage you to go back and read that. But, you know, it's it's not world-changing. Or that issue wasn't world-changing. We'll have to see what the verdict is on that. But not too much. All right, bro. But how many do you have? I have three. Me too. Okay. Good. Mine are tough. Okay. Okay. Mine are pretty easy. Okay. Whew. Thank goodness. (laughs) All right. I'll go first. Stay a while. Black Panther. That's good. Why? Because you want him to stay in that role and have some lasting effect in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Wow, that's almost verbatim. Black Panther coming into the true Marvel Universe. Sweet. Wait, right on. Uh-huh. for you. Good job. Now, I, and I'm still with you. You know, I'll still – the jury's still out. I hated the last issue, but I'm still willing to – Give it for a little bit of a ride. I know, I know, it's it's putting your money where my mouth is, but I mean, you know, bear with me. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. I'll but, read a book you like. Well, I don't know. I don't like many books right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love Carnage, and I'm waiting for the next issue. Oh, dude, I know. I haven't read Carnage number two yet. I haven't picked it up. It hasn't come in. Oh. So. I am waiting for that. That's one I forgot to order because I was like, oh, well, I'll pick it up at the comic book store. And then they were out. So No worries. Oh, so sad. All right. <laughs> What's yours? All right. My first Tina is I Want You Near Me. This one probably was a little bit difficult. The next two are probably easy. <laughs> yeah, now you say that. Okay. <laughs> um, Osborne getting all those people out of prison? No. Is it the same issue? No. Dang it. Okay, X-Men Legacy? No. <laughs> it's the Black Panther? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Daredevil asking the Black Panther to 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 come oh no 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 storm and black panther being apart excellent good job yes. all right that's a, that's about a quarter point i get a quarter point for that yeah because you only had seventy thousand guesses <laughs> <laughs> whatever no, no it's good job man yeah i, I was kind of surprised you know because i knew that black panther was going to be in new york now you know, running things in Hell's Kitchen, and but nothing had been said about Storm's role. You know, his wife. Right. So, I guess I mean I guess this gives a little bit of closure, and we kind of know what Storm's doing now. But that's why I picked that. No, oh, good choice. Good choice. Okay. Um, this one's hard. Bear in mind, it has to do with stories that I think need to be completed. Unfinished Symphony.
tough part, part about that is Tina doesn't say unfinished sympathy during that song. Sympathy or symphony? Oh, yeah, she doesn't say that. What does she say? The the whole song has never mentions those two words together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is the song about? Um, it, It's about a, a broken relationship. Well, then that makes sense because the broken relationship is the unfinished symphony. No, it's fine. I'm just saying when you play the clip of the song, I don't know what you're going to play. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'll figure something out. Whatever. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll I'll record my voice over it going, Unfinished <laughs> And oh, then God. I'll, like, I'll wave my hair around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hair back and forth. <laughs> okay. I'll bear that in mind as I wait. I listen to the whole song, like, three times going, Where does it say it? Holy cow. <laughs> all right. So... All right, so we got some unfinished business, and it has to do with storylines not being wrapped up. Is it uh, is it from Osborne? No, good good call, but wrong. Good call, but flat out incorrect. <laughs> Would it be Daredevil? <laughs> oh, again, wrong. So it's from X Men. Yes. Oh, is it because I don't know <laughs> because you it said earlier. You said earlier that you like these issues because they don't have anything to do with, you know, big events and, and stuff like that. Right, right, because they're finishing an unfinished symph- symphony. Oh, my gosh. No, no, it has to do with picking up after Bastion's attack. It deals with the unfinished symphony. Okay. Does that not make sense? I guess so, yeah. Okay, all right, you get no points. Yeah, just be happy we're not on camp. <laughs> No. <laughs> what does that mean? No, because I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> it's like you no, me that off. makes sense. When you put it in those words, that makes sense. I thought I gave my hint. I thought I gave you too big a hint. No. Just a little slow. I haven't had my fish oil today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next one is pretty easy. Complicated disaster. Osborne? No. All right, X Men Legacy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, specifically, do I need to get more specific than that? No, that was the answer. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> the series is just. Ugh. Okay, because so it's because the the rotating characters and nobody's it's acting just, like themselves and. The editor needs to just say, "What are we doing with this title? We need a direction. We just." It's like if we're going to be called, we're called Marvel 616 Politics, and we know exactly what we're focusing on. If every time we did a podcast, then like, well, Andy's not here, so Jackie's going to do it. And Jackie will be on, talk about things, and Jared will talk about things. And, you know, actually, they're going to be talking about ponies, this webcast. That's not (laughs) going to make any sense. There's no creative direction there. Correct? And that's how I feel this is. Right. Uh, I agree. Yeah, you're right. But watch for that next episode, guys. Jackie and Jared talking about ponies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Episode 27. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, 
my last one, legs. Thinking maybe you're using this as this this is something that has legs to stand on. This is not symbolic. Oh, it's not. It's not symbolic. Oh, this is the Spider-Man legs in Osborne. Oh yes, dude. Oh, uh, freaky. Oh. <laughs> so many legs. Oh man, like when he ate that security guard and the thing was just holding them. Oh, I'm gonna have nightmares, dude. Uh, I hardly slept last night because I had nightmares all night long. And Jackie and this my buddy at work here is like, you need to stop reading all these comics. These violent. Com-. I was like, I really don't think it has anything to do with that. So they weren't comic book nightmares? They're just straight-up nightmares. Dude, I've had some crazy, terrible nightmares. Last night, I, I just kept waking up, So, but it wasn't as bad. But one time I dreamed I was getting sucked into my bed. Like, arms all around me were sucking me further and further deep down into my bed. It was nuts. Man. Yeah. And, like, you, you know, I mean, for... For those of you that are not Christians out there, this may be hard to understand, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyway. Like, you know when you get that panicked feeling, like if, if, a, if, if a car goes out in front of you and you, like, cry out and say, God, help me, you know, like, you pray real quick? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, in my dream, like, because I couldn't get out of my dream, but I knew I was dreaming, and I was, like, screaming. I was like, God, help me, help me, help me. And finally, I screamed out, and I screamed Jesus! And finally I woke up, and it, uh, it was like the most terrifying nightmare I've ever had in my life. And I've had some doozies, man. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. And Jackie, like, woke up. She was like, what is wrong? I was like, please just hold me. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're all right. It was just a dream. Oh, th- they're there. <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy well the last one is break through the barrier did black panther you already did x-men so it's going to be osborne Mm -hmm. and it has to do with him getting out of his prison cell what i tell you is easy right on i was almost thinking that it was black panther breaking out of the barrier the cage that they've put him in for however long oh yeah i guess but no you got it right (laughs) yes well i win tonight how did you win what are you talking about? I had like two and a quarter points. You don't get a quarter point for that. I got a quarter point for the first one. No. You assigned yourself a quarter point, but I didn't give you a quarter point. Well, I'm waiting for you to give me my quarter point. No, you got two points. What did you get? I don't remember what yours were. <laughs> <laughs> I got your first one. Yeah, you got stay a while. I got your last one with the legs. Time. Okay, all right, we tied. All right. <laughs> fine fine you know what gabe campos when he we really answered his question can we get a little bit of background on the minds behind 
Marvel 616 font. <laughs> Gabe, this is for you. This episode was for you. That thing about the dreams and crying, that was for you. Yeah, that's I, good. I didn't say crying. I didn't say weeping. It's all right. It's all right to cry. <laughs> my poor little girl. Man, my three-year-old. I walk in, she's crying. She's like, Dad, I dream of ghosts. I don't oh. dream of ghosts. Like, where in the world have you seen ghosts? Because we don't let them watch like a bunch of stuff, you know? Like, yeah. I think it was because they watched a Christmas Carol, and it mm. wasn't a Muppet Christmas Carol. That that was my mistake right there. That's exactly as soon as you said that, I was like, Andy's pretty protective of what's the of what the girls watch. What? Where did they see this? It He's was not letting them watch like the Princess and the Frog or anything, is he? No, uh, no, uh, dude, I watched that and I was like, absolutely no way. My kids aren't. I didn't even want to watch it. (laughs) Oh, it was bad. Like a lot of voodoo stuff. Like most of the time, if it's make believe, I, you know, I don't like it, but I might be able to fast forward. But Mm voodoo is real, man. Yeah. It's like demons and stuff in that. I know. I know. And they were all about my friends from the other side. I'm like, my kids aren't going to watch this. No way. I was like, Jennifer, you go upstairs. You cannot watch this. I'll finish this. (laughs) We did watch Tangled over the break. We took the kids uh, into the theater to go see Tangled. We had fun. It was good. That one was good? Yeah, it was. It was. It was really good. So, it was cute. And hey, Mandy Moore. How can I go? I mean, (laughs) go wrong. (laughs) Or a cartoon version of Mandy Moore? I I guess so. Whatever. Whatever. All right. Well, this is Marvel 616 Politics, and this is episode, or as some people like to call it, issue 26. Uh, Again, our contact information, you can visit us on the web at marvel616politics.com. When you go there, there should be the latest latest episode. Um, On the right-hand side, we have our Twitter feed, and on the left-hand side, we have stories that we thought were important that we bookmarked for you you can go check out um you can visit us uh, or you can email us i'm sorry at marvel 616 politics at gmail.com or catch up with us on twitter at twitter.com slash 616 politics hit us up on facebook that's where most everyone does facebook.com slash marvel 616 politics you can even give us a call and leave us a message got a question comment complaint whatever we're happy to hear it at uh, 616-755-TINA. And then we also just want to make sure we give a shout-out to DCBService.com. Uh, you can get all your comic books for a great discount. They're a great service, and we appreciate their support. All right. Well, that about covers it. I am ready to go to bed, and you have to get up and teach tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, that's work, right? It's work, but doesn't mean I have to like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And tomorrow, I think uh, if the instructor is um, out from Hotlanta, um, if the snow has melted, I'm going to be taking a PHP class. So it should be fun. Well, what's PHP? You know what? I don't even know what it stands for, but it's like, (laughs) um, it's like, from what I understand, it's a mix between JavaScript and HTML. Or XHTML. So it's for uh, websites. Well, that's cool. Maybe that'll help you. Oh, don't expect anything. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't. It's a a foreign language to me. (laughs) 
as to me as well. All right. Well, this is Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. And, and this is Marvel 616 Politics. Good night. Let's see. He is he's on Marvel's wiki page, marvel.wikia.com. Sergio Cariello. Cariello. Cariello.